Welcome to the Aaron Ashby Podcast, Hoarding Chaos, where we are making connections to mind the gap. I am your host, Aaron Ashby, and we are minding the gaps in business, dual home families, life, and love. Welcome to the podcast. This is Courting Chaos and I'm Erin Ashby and today we are talking about life after divorce and getting over your person. So I have another story for you. It was New Year's Eve. There was a full moon and the maternity ward sounded like a medical unit on a battlefield. I had been in labor for about 12 hours and it was finally time to start pushing. You could hear the nurses and the halls literally running from one room to the next. They were so short-staffed, doctors were off for the holiday, it was all proving to be quite a mess. Lucky me. My doctor was en route, but she was still nowhere to be found. And I didn't want anyone in the room except for my son's father. So given the lack of professionals at hand, he had to step up and basically be the lead nurse's right-hand man. He was a great champion, telling me to push, keep breathing, push. He was holding my feet. Uh, And this is a position I'm pretty sure that every woman fears her man will never recover from and that some women don't allow their husbands or partners to stand in, which I came to learn why. One of the really rowdy pushes, something launched and shot right past his head. Thankfully, he jumped to the side just in time. Um, There's a lot going on down there. I couldn't tell you what it was, but I hope they wiped the walls down when I left, just saying. (laughs) And he was my rock the entire time. In truth, he really did deliver our first son. Right up until that last push when my doctor finally came flying in, dressed to the nines. Remember, it's New Year's Eve. She was throwing her paper gown over her front and came just in time for that last push and our son's official entry into the world. Now, there was definitely a moment for me, and it seems common in labor and in life, that I was done. I couldn't. I could not push anymore, I wanted to quit. I was crying, I can't. But you dig deeper, you keep going. And right when you're sure that you will definitely die, that you really and truly can't, you dig deeper and you survive, you overcome. You give life to something. Now this wasn't the first time or the last time that he was my rock, my person the one who believed I could do anything. But it is a moment that connects. It exposes and brings about a raw understanding of another person. These are also the kinds of memories that are the hardest to recover from after divorce. They are the memories that make our new spouses jealous, worried, or resentful. They are the moments that will make us scream at the sky and fall to our knees. They are the moments where one becomes our person, the person we call to rant about our day two. The person we now have to remember is no longer our person. It's brutal. Even when you're the one that wanted to end it, even when you were the one living a lie, there's pain. Losing your person is painful. When you're a co-parent and you can't just cut ties, It's a process. For me, part of that process was rediscovering my own personhood. Part of it was feeling secure in the friendships that kept me sane, realizing that I didn't just have a person, I had people. 
And I was also my own person, a strong, independent woman. And damn it, I could do this. At first, I faltered a lot. We probably both relied on each other for things that we shouldn't have. But 10 years is a long time to form a habit and immediately is no time at all to break one. I saw a video a while back called, We Don't Move On From Grief, We Move Forward With It. The speaker, Nora McErnie, I hope I said that right, talks about how someone, when someone close to us passes away, the language for the survivors typically resembles something about how we should be moving on. When the truth of the matter is, you don't move on. You move forward. And you carry the one that you lost with you because they made an impact on you as a person. They affect how you think, how you act, how you love, even if you really don't want them to. But they are not who you are, and divorce isn't death, not anywhere close, but it is an ending. But thankfully, it is not the only book on the shelf. There are many books, many stories, many choices to make paths that you can take. You can close the book on one story and you can pick up a new one. You keep going because you can. Because you are alive and you are a person worthy of honoring yourself and worthy of love and worthy of life. You're alive. And if you have children, they are most definitely not moving on. They are moving forward. And one way to make sure that you're meeting their needs is by aligning with their purview. So what do you do when you're in grief? When you just don't see the path forward? How do you keep going and looking for that silver lining? One, watch your breathing. Meditate, count, do whatever you need to do to control your breathing. If you can control your breathing, you can control your body. Your heart rate relaxes, your dopamine levels shift, your oxygen is flowing, your brain can function. You are your own powerhouse and you have the tools to wrestle with this demon. Two, do something. Join a club, volunteer, start a business, make new friends, take that night out with the girls. Just keep going. Keep making connections that count. Laugh, cry, just cut the shit. The armor that is protecting you from your separation and your divorce is also going to keep you separated from your people if you're wearing it all the time. So don't wear it all the time. It's way too heavy. And three, hold on to hope. I define hope as faith in action. You have faith in yourself. Have faith in your resiliency. Have faith in the process, in God's plan, or whatever you want to call it. And if you need help, get help. Reach out, call your therapist, call your preacher, call a friend. My advice would be to find the person that's strongest in empathy, not hate. You do these things and you will start to feel grounded again. And that's when you'll start to feel joy again. You'll start to feel good about yourself again. You'll start to love others. You'll find freedom. You'll rediscover happy. It takes time. Be kind to yourself along the way. Be kind to your ex. Chances are good in your own ways. Everyone is grieving. Everyone is trying to move forward. We are trying to live a life and life is hard, but it is also glorious. It's a beautiful chaotic mess and we will make mistakes. 
We will say stupid things. We will hear stupid things and we will get mad and we will get sad and we will move forward because we are human and that is the way of life. It doesn't sit still. If the only constant is change, then the best we can do is learn to ride the wave. But in order to learn, we must stay curious. And when we stay curious, we seek to understand. And we hope that one day it will all make sense. That is it for us today. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been Courting Chaos, the Erin Ashby podcast. Be sure to visit our website at erinmarieashby.com. Subscribe to the community and you'll get notified whenever we have a new blog or new podcast updated. I'll see you next time.